0: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Trent Clark. He's the CEO of Leadership and the founder of Courage Coach LLC. He spent his adult livelihood among the top 1% producers in sports and business, an entrepreneur of 12 companies, but best known for being a two-sport Division I collegiate athlete and coaching 12 years in professional baseball with three organizations, including three trips to the World Series, working with the Detroit Tigers, two-time American League champion Cleveland Indians, and world champion Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Trent, welcome to the show. Johnny T, thanks for having me. So excited to get a chance to be with you. That's awesome to have you here. So clearly you're a type A personality and God has created type A personalities like us for a reason. Yes. Being that kind of individual who has achieved such success in your life, what was it that drove you from the early parts of your beginning to really understand you had purpose? How did that come to be in your mindset? I was the
2: youngest of four, Johnny, my brothers were accomplishing things. I had a big event when I was in seventh grade, career day at school, started having some success athletically. My oldest brother was a really good hockey player. My next brother was an all-state tailback, highly regarded. My sister was Miss Michigan teen. And I was sitting at career day going, man, I'm better than all them. Like I'm going to play in the major league. <laughs> you know, like, false sense of confidence. Right. But man, I was the littlest kid in school. I had a chip on my shoulder, man. I had to compete hard just to get playing time. I wasn't blessed with great genetics. My parents are pretty short, but I was pretty quick. I think that really just set me on the path. Plus, I learned how to train at a young age when other kids wouldn't do the work and didn't know how to do the work. And it's not like today where everyone goes to a specialist down the block and everyone's got a franchise to train these young athletes. I put in the work and really use that an advantage physically to be stronger than other kids. And that really served me, but there's a lot of things along that walk. There's this dance of learning and faith and pride. (laughs) All those things are always going in the mix, right? I caution people on pro athletics. A lot of people come to me and say, Hey, this is what I want for my kid. Are you sure? (laughs) Hey man, this is temptation Island. I am always aware that it is not an easy road. There are a lot of pitfalls along the way. It's challenging, but as a young age, I thought that's what I really wanted. So I went pretty hard for it.
1: Yeah, I played in a couple of events, some ex-NHL players. One of the questions I always wanted to ask them, but never really had the opportunity was there are a lot of Christian athletes in all kinds of different sports, as I'm sure you're well aware. I would like to know how that challenged them in their faith. Did it encourage them to be stronger in their faith? Or as you said, the pitfalls of famous success, did it really challenge them in the wrong way? And I think we've all seen evidence of people being challenged in the wrong way in every aspect of life. So how did your faith ground you as you were gaining more ability and more opportunities to develop in that path in your life? What centered you?
2: Early on, I didn't have it as a young man. It wasn't present in my life. I really want to come back to the pro athlete and the faith because there's something about that. We'll come back to it though. In my high school years, it wasn't so prevalent. I grew up around a lot of Catholic friends, which I wasn't familiar with because that wasn't our religion. My parents were very well educated in the Bible. Bible Belt, Southern Indiana, Mm. where they were raised. We were going, 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 and church took a back seat. When I became a Christian, I was really hurt that my parents knew so much and never passed it on. How come you never talked to us about this? So that was a challenge. I don't think we knew how to do it very well. My first real religion was really my friends. I, they were inviting me to church and I would go to youth group every once in a while and I was learning and, and and my Catholic friends in high school, that became a real challenge for me because as all of us were falling short and I can remember my friends going, we're going to do some things that we shouldn't be doing, but it's cool because I got confession this Sunday. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember a huge game. One of the most impactful points was My dad, he's passed now, but really an influential moment for me was I was a sophomore in high school playing basketball and we had a big rivalry game. There were two really good players on each of the varsity teams playing right after us. In this game. And the JV game was a really tight game. And I was in at the end of the game, we were down a point and I made a big steal, went in for a layup and the guy just crushed me. So no basket, two shots. I went to the line, you know, (laughs) bouncing the basketball. There's now like 6,000 people in the gym (laughs) waiting for the big game, but they're all into this one because it's close. I can feel myself shaking. I'm like, man, I got to get myself under control. So I am trying to settle my nerves and this is probably the first time I really remember praying to God, Lord, I got to get this. You know, my team needs me. We need this shot. First shot, clank, (laughs) double down, Lord, like this is the one, you know, we got to send this thing to overtime. I really need this shot and clank number two and we lost, man. I was upset with God. I was in fire. I was disappointed. Basketball probably wasn't my superpower for sport anyway, but I worked hard at it. It was, it was a sport I had to work hardest at, Five six. My dad was a college basketball player and very good. And he had a lot of direction and things for me, of which I did about half <laughs> of what he asked me to do. And so I came home that night. We were late, sat down. I said, you know, man, there's no God. And he was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, man, I prayed. I prayed before those two free throws, man. And he's not listening. He doesn't care about me. Oh, really? Hey, I think God heard you. Really? He goes, yeah, I think he he, he told you something too. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) I'm moving my seat in. Like, really? Like, what do you think he said, dad? This is great. I got a connection to God. And he goes, yeah, I think think God was telling you, stay home and practice. (laughs) Dang, man, because he knows. All that year before the year, I, I, my summer, like, ah, it's a nice day. We're going to the lake with the things I I was supposed to shoot hundred free throws, but I'm going to shoot 20 and take off, or I'm just going to skip this day. And I needed to work and I didn't do the work. And he was right. I always kind of had this outskirt of faith around me, but Man, when I became a Christian, I learned how much my pride and ego was just in my way. And if I really looked back at all my big failures, man, that pride before the fall just really hits. I was the first guy to say, hey, Johnny, I don't know if you know or not, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I said that out loud, but certainly there was that really gray line of confidence and arrogance. And my pride could push me into arrogance pretty quickly got a couple of lessons along the way about that from good friends, fortunately, that had the boldness to let me know. And man, I, I hated them for it at first. Yeah. Why would you tell me that? I don't need to hear that from you. Then I realized that they were loving on me, letting me know that it's not okay and you're out of bounds. And I needed to hear it. I don't think I received it very well at the time, but I learned to receive that kind of criticism. And, and I, I learned to receive from the Lord what he expects from me. And that took me a long time, Johnny. That was not like, man, I became a Christian. I got it now. (laughs) Like that was not doesn't work that way. Yeah, it was (laughs) not the case. And I think a lot of people do think that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a real challenge for me.
1: Yeah, I think God sets things in front of us through each of our lives because we're all unique. He's created each of us even before he created us in our mother's wombs. He knew us. We already knew type a personality you're going to give him this kind of gifting in sports or management or whatever it might be and yeah he may struggle with this a little bit but don't worry i got a few peeps along the way that are going to kind of sound straight and he might listen to the first one maybe not the second one but we'll sort it out he already knows the path we're going to choose and the successes and the failures we're going to have and yeah. i'm sure that you can see that through your uh, your own journey to the the big leagues right
2: fearfully and wonderfully made, right? I talked to a lot of young adults and kids coming up. Hey man, God didn't make any mistake here. No, no, no. And I was the guy too, man. Oh, I should have been taller. Lord, what were (laughs) you doing? I'm fast, but I'm not that fast. I can't run away from these six, 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 seven. There was a lot of things I'd like to change. The short guys want to be tall. The tall guys want to be shorter. The brunettes want to be blonde. We're all just not very happy with ourselves and Lord's got a plan no mistakes here. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges for me, Johnny, is that a lot of us have God-given strengths and gifts that we're not always developing and utilizing. They've been given to us at a very unique level. Sometimes I just see people that won't develop them out of spite. Sometimes I just see people like holding on to their gifts when their gift is to give it to others, right? Mm -hmm. And man, it really comes off as selfish. Yet we get to that, understanding of where we're at and what we've been given. It's so important for us to really develop that and utilize that because God did make us for a purpose, right? And if we don't do that, I feel like it's kind of holding out on God. So I challenge kids with that a lot.
1: Yeah, I think that's very important to do because the society we live in today is so instantaneous and TikTok and YouTube and everybody wants to be an influencer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, It's all so temporal. Yeah, you know, People need to focus on the, on the eternal because that's what really matters. And that's what's going to shape us and change us, right? On that anvil of, of development and leadership.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it's what John Wooden talked about. He was so determined on physical conditioning, which his teams were very well known for. He was an early adapter of mental conditioning. But he never left out moral conditioning. He thought that was equally important. And when we talk about the iddies and leadership, right, spirituality is very important. We have to develop moral conditioning. And coming back to your pro athlete level, yeah. of who stays, a lot of the athletes who get that 10 year, 12 years in the league, Christianity and their spirituality is a huge part of that because. There's a discipline behind moral conditioning, right? And then that, of course, cross trains over to our physical conditioning, to our mental conditioning and how we carry ourselves, how we treat other people. That's so important in a life of melting pot, right? And we're now getting into this, wow, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion is very important. That's always been important. People are people. The Christian faith says, hey, listen, we welcome all and we bring them in and represent that. And that's so important because when you go to work for a team, when we won the O2 World Championship, you're talking about 11 different countries, nine languages, different backgrounds, culturally, socioeconomically, educationally, the experiences, man, it's a whole dynamic that's going together, but we're all going for a goal and how do we meet that together? How do we do that United. And that unity becomes a huge challenge and, and so important when you have a good team.
1: The Bible is full of examples of leaders that have support people around them to help them. Moses standing on the hill in the air and Aaron, holding his hands up when the battle wages, and when his arms dropped, they started to lose, and they'd lift his arms up and they'd win. Yeah. So if God sets all kinds of examples like that for us. He talked about the discipline of being successful and how it's tied to spirituality. And, and we need to. Uh, my wife said years ago, and it stuck, that discipline is the price you pay for freedom. And mm. there's a lot of truth in that, you know, yeah. because it's that daily discipline that we have with God that gives us that freedom to achieve success in the plan and the purpose that he has for us.
2: And I go back with so many people like Hebrews 12:11. no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful yeah. later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those that have been trained by it. Now, if you don't want to go train by it, like I get it. And people ask me all the time, Trent, what's the best player you ever coached? I'm like, oh, you don't know him. like what do you mean like because they were super talented but at 21 22 years old they're already in double a on their way to greatness and they just don't have a foundation they just don't know how to work they don't have a discipline they don't have someone helping them along to guide them and give them they don't have that relationship with their creator and and they're just out there in the world and the world is swallowing them alive and they start believing the press clippings and they start Believing all the things that people are saying in their ear, whether it's truth or not, and it just really gets hard to discern what's truth and what's not. It's a short window. I mean, you do not have this long chance to get it right in that environment. Other environments, we do. I feel like we get a couple do overs. You know, like <laughs> the Lord will let us. All right, we can start again, and we get some of those. But you know, we don't all get that chance. I mean, many are denied that privilege, and I've been blessed and privileged to have a couple do overs, and man, I've made my share of errors and the Lord's walked me through it, carried me through a few too. And it's, it's been hard, but I think it always comes back. He's always there. It's always faithful. And what I'd love to have people get is he is always there in the good and bad for as many people as I hear when I go, you know what? It's not going great. I need to blame God <laughs> because my finances, my sick kid. Yeah. I'm like, well, did you thank God when, you built the dream house, when you got your dream job, when you graduated college, when that money came in that you never expected, were you right there going, Lord, see you standing here delivering, man. I don't (laughs) ever hear that. I hear like, yeah, I got the job. You know how great I am. Why wouldn't they hire someone as great as me, Johnny? (laughs) Wait, uh, are we going to give the glory all the time? If I looked at a model, in the athletic world, man, Tebow's done a pretty good job of a guy who's really walked the walk and talked the talk and through good and bad, right? It hasn't been perfect for him. He's had plenty of trials and he's a great athlete yet through it all. He just continues to serve and keep his head down and focused on what's important.
1: Yeah. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And I firmly believe that, that when God creates us, as you said earlier, he gives each of us the abilities and the talents and the gifts and the calling to achieve his purpose in life. We can all go through those kinds of struggles and those mountains that we have to climb. And sometimes the valleys that we have to go through are of our own doing or, externally to us, but yet that calling and that purpose that God has for us doesn't change. Yeah. You know, and we can choose to embrace it and we can choose to accept it, or we can choose to go our own way, as you said, and that never really ends well. Right. Yeah.
2: I love the idea of what your wife said. I mean, there's really freedom in letting go on what that purpose is. I mean, I think so many people are under stress and under like, man, and you know, my parents want me to be a doctor. And like I got I gotta go to school and start studying. And is that really the purpose for you? Like, have you really sat down and listened to the Lord about what he wants for you and how you might serve and where you're gonna best commit to that? And I think most of us aren't really listening for that. Most of us, self-included here is. It's a a lot of, I'm talking (laughs) and maybe I should, maybe I should shut up and listen and hear that back what the Lord really wants for me. And that's a hard thing. And that's something I've really been learning the last three years. I got involved with a ministry called Every Man a Warrior. Man, that ministry, it's been powerful for me because as an adult where I came to Christianity, I really felt like I really didn't learn how to be a Christian. I felt like back to James, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Right. right and I felt right. like, man, went to the sermons. I listened and you and I could go to lunch two hours after and be like, Hey, what was the service about? And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think we were in John, maybe Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, right? yeah, it was yeah. two hours ago. Are you just listening or are you actually taking action on the word? And so Emma really taught me is the blocking and tackling of Christianity on how to put it into action and put it into practice. And that was something I really needed and it's been vital in my life.
1: I know you're in the role of mentorship and helping people develop as leaders. So I would imagine a lot of what we've talked about, you've brought across in the training and the development of those leaders to help them find their purpose and fulfill that. What have you seen as some of the biggest challenges for those who've kind of engaged with you to? develop? From the spirituality side? From what they come to you with and and you've seen them break free from. What do you see the biggest barriers are for the people that you've worked with? There's got to be some themes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of
2: barriers. We have a lot of tripwires. One of the challenges is that being very centered and grounded around your faith and your values really shapes your decisions. As a leader today, leaders are making over 50,000 decisions a day that's compared to like 15,000 when you and I were a kid, yeah. it is like magnified three X. And so we don't tend to sit and actually really just meditate on the word. We don't have time and we're making all these decisions. And I think it's so important that we get real as leaders about what our values are, what our faith stands for, where we really want to be. And we start basing those decisions daily on that, which is, I think why Jesus Calling became such a huge book because mm. there's so many people who read Jesus Calling, which if you're unfamiliar with it, it's a daily quick read. And it's like talking with God. It comes in like first person from God, like, yeah. Hey, you know what I want for you today? And you're like, <laughs> All right, Lord, what do you know what you need from me? I'm listening, yeah. Yeah, right? So it's very impactful when you start realizing that, hey, this is living word. The Bible is living word. And you and I will attest the fact, like when we read it when we're 30, you read the same thing at 50 from a very different life angle of experience. And you go, Mm -hmm. whoa, I never read it that way before. I never picked that up. How did I miss that, right? So it is the living word. When people recognize that daily from what their values are and where their faith is centered and their spirituality is centered, we make good decisions. We make proper decisions for the people around us and we lead better. And the reality is, is that all of us are progressing on that line. We've kind of written that line to where we want to go. It's kind of always that 45 degree angle on the graph. Looks like a hockey stick. We're ready, ready to go up for what we call productivity one of my biggest jobs is we don't go running away from that line. We drift and spirituality is a big drift. We don't go running away from God. It's just all of a sudden it's been three or four weeks and I haven't any spent any time. Whoa. And Johnny, mm-hmm. you start hearing me. Maybe I'm using language that you're not accustomed to hearing around me. And, and, and you're seeing some things out of me that aren't, that you would recognize are probably not aligned with my values and my faith going, Hey, Trent, What's happening? That's just a case of you just catching my drift. A good friend, who, a brother who just loves you in their faith and says, hey, this doesn't sound like you. What's going on? What's, what's up? Talk to me. And we need that in our lives. I provide a lot of that for people just to get them back on that line, stay the course, because you and I both know we don't want to take our trip from Toronto down to Florida through San Diego, (laughs) right? It's a bad route. (laughs) So why would we want to do that? I like to remind people, if you and I grab a flight from LA to New York, and that pilot misses by one degree on that setting, we land in DC. And that's pretty far off our destination. (laughs) So (laughs) we realize in five hours, we've drifted pretty far. And our faith, it's really important. Unfortunately, with decision-making the current influence that's coming at us through social and our phones and TV and family and just busyness that it's, it's very easy to get offline.
1: Now tell people that are listening where they can find out more about leadershipity and, and the other uh, aspects that they can reach you at.
2: That's great. You can always find me at Trent M Clark on all social media channels, Instagram and Twitter and all that. I'm also at leadershipity on those channels um, have a Facebook page leadership. We have a business page there. And on LinkedIn, we post a lot of things and we have our own YouTube channel, the leadership YouTube channel. And we have the winners find a way podcast and show, which is pretty awesome where we interview one percenters talking about their walk and overcoming. I love the quote winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win for people that are out there looking for this trial and they're facing that And we can face that in our faith where we're feeling like, wow, I'm losing at my faith. Like, hey, we got to find a way to win. Who who am I going to surround myself? What kind of Bible-based church can I get into? Get back to the foundation and the basics. And you can win. I believe that.
1: Absolutely. I believe that too. Life and, and God are full of examples of that. Let me ask you this just to wrap it up. What would you say to people in one thought about God? how would you capture your main thought about God and express that to those who are listening? I would say that he
2: is a faithful father and I was blessed with a really great father, man. He, he was human, right? He was of this earth and lots of errors, just like me as a dad, he's perfect, right? Like he is dialed in. He has got uh support. He has got your back. He has, You in his palm at all time, always has your best interest, even when it doesn't feel like it. I would just tell people, this will be the best relationship they ever have. Work at it, just like any relationship. They're not easy. We got to do the work. And so I would just really encourage people to build that relationship wherever they're at. And they can start right now. They can start this moment. They can start tonight. They can start tomorrow morning. It is always there for them right now, ready and willing
1: well that's awesome thanks so much for being on the show I really appreciated you taking the time to be here and uh, hopefully sometime in the future we can have you back on and talk a little more about some of these things
2: I'd love that Johnny T for a fellow hockey guy and brother man always a pleasure
1: amen God bless you
2: here I am all my intentions
3: all my obsessions I want to lay them all In your hands Only your love is vital Though I'm not entitled Still you call me your child God, you don't need me But somehow Oh! So this world has lost its grip on me.
0: I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a non-profit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519 God bless you.